Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God's word which we receive this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. We'll start with verses 26 to 30. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Mary was blessed. She found favor with God. She was highly favored because God chose to bless her. Because in his grace, he filled her with his gift and his favor. She was chosen by God, and through her, God fulfilled his promise to bring forth his grace, not only to her, but to all people. Throughout history, God has chosen many unworthy, lowly, fragile vessels, as Paul reminds us, to fulfill his plans to accomplish his promises. We think back to Noah, who found favor with God, and Abraham, who was called when he was still living on the other side of the river, worshiping false idols. We think of Moses, to whom God appeared, not when he was a prince in the land of Egypt, but when he was an old shepherd in the hills of Midian. We think of Matthew, who was called while he was still sitting at his tax booth, and the blind man in John chapter 9, who was blind his whole life, in order so that through him, God might show forth his glory. Probably in, most infamous at all, Saul, the murderer of the Christians, the persecutor of the church, through whom God spread the gospel to Europe. All these people, including Mary, were chosen by God to fulfill his promise and were filled by him with God's grace, not because they deserved it, but because God decided to have mercy on us. Mary herself is very confused by the angel's message. Why would you call me highly favored and you have found favor with God? Why would you say these things, blessed among women? She does not understand because it is a pure gift from God. And so the promise comes out of nowhere. It's not a thing that Mary sought or worked for, but the promise comes as a gift from God to Mary and to each and every one of us because of God's grace. We continue with verses 31 through 33. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. What did you get for your loved ones this year, for your spouse, your children, your parents, your siblings, your friends? Did you tell them beforehand what you had gotten them? Or are you waiting to see the surprise when they open it tonight or tomorrow? God told us long, long ago the gift that he had prepared for us. He told us from the foundation of the world, even from the time that Adam and Eve sinned, and he reminds us in our text what that gift is. It's announced to Mary, but the prophet Isaiah reminds us that this is God's gift to all, 
To us, a son is given. To us, a child is born. This is Jesus, which means Jehovah saves. The Lord God who created the world come in the form of a man to save his people from their sins. We do our best to make Christmas special by wrapping the presents and hanging decorations on the tree and making lots of good things to eat. And that's a good thing, but sometimes all the wrappings can distract from what's inside, from the gift. I had a friend once who planned a very special evening to give his girlfriend an engagement ring and propose to her. But he was so excited slash nervous that he ended up proposing in the parking lot instead of in the special spot that he had picked out and made ready. God doesn't wait to tell us the great gift he has for us. He announces it today and always. This is God's gift, a savior who would die to save his people, a king who would shepherd his people as David foretold in Psalm, in his psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Those words David was looking forward to this day, the fulfillment of God's promise. We continue with verses 34 to 37. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called a bearing. For with God, nothing will be impossible. No matter how impossible God's promises might seem to us, God never fails to fulfill them all. With God, nothing is impossible. And yet God understands our weakness. God understands our doubt. And in his mercy and his grace, he gives us reassurance. He gives us signs so that we might know the truth of his promises. The angel sends Mary to Elizabeth. If God can cause Elizabeth in her advanced age to bear a child, then God can also give a child to Mary, who has yet not known a man. He sends the angel to Joseph to reassure him. That would be a hard thing for Joseph to believe Mary, that it was the Christ in her womb. God reassures, he sends the angel to reassure him. He gives a sign to Zechariah too. It was part punishment for Zechariah's unbelief, but it was part sign to reassure him. He was deaf, he was mute. It was a miracle, not exactly the kind we usually like, but still a miracle, a sign that God would fulfill his promise. So many more we could point to, right? God opened the Red Sea. He sent manna from heaven. He killed Goliath with a, with a stone. He saved the three men from the fiery furnace. He opened the eyes of the blind. All these things he did so that we might know that with God, nothing will be impossible. Paul reminds us in Romans 15, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. And the evangelist John reminds us also in John 20, 31, These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Remember what Jesus did when the Pharisees doubted that he had the power to forgive sins? He healed the lame man, told him to rise up and walk. He did that partially for the lame man's sake, I'm sure. But he did partially also to show the Pharisees that they may know that nothing is impossible to God, even the forgiveness of our sins. And so the signs are given 
to the shepherds, a babe lying in a manger, to Mary, her cousin Elizabeth, and to us, all the miracles of God, in order that we might know that what God has promised will come to pass. Our sins are forgiven. The promise is fulfilled. The evidence is there. Finally, we finish with verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it, be according, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Having received the promise, Mary responds with obedience to the promise. Earlier we talked about those men, uh, Noah, Moses, Paul, Abraham, men who were chosen by God, who received God's promise and were chosen to fulfill, to play a role in fulfilling that promise. All of those men, having received the promise, were obedient to the promise. Noah built the ark. Abraham left the land of Ur. Moses spent 40 years as the leader of God's people, dealing with their sin and their complaints and their whinings, serving the Lord, serving the promise to which he had been called. The blind man was cast out from the synagogue and from his people, and Paul, of course, went and spent the rest of his life traveling from city to city, proclaiming Christ to the Gentiles. None of these men ever regretted the cost that promise incurred on their life. Paul never turned back. In fact, he says in Philippians 3, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. None of them regretted the cost of that promise on their life because they knew that the price of the promise that was freely given by God was far greater than what they paid with their life. You know, one time I told the children here as they were leaving the church uh, to each grab a handful of candy. You can imagine what, what one kid did. Reached in with both hands. Not only filling his hands, but scooping it up with his arms so that the candy was spilling over, grabbing as much as he could. God gives us his promise. God gives us his grace. And he wants us to reach in with both hands and arms. He wants us to grasp that promise, that grace, and fill our lives with it so that there's no room left in our hands or our arms to hold on to anything except to Christ, the newborn king, and the promise that he came to give. And thus Mary responds, let it be to me according to your word. What danger, what trouble, what cost would come to Mary on account of this promise? We know how very shortly after this, Joseph doubted her and was going to put her away secretly. Was Mary already thinking about what Joseph would think? Was Mary already thinking about what the neighbors and others would say about her behind her back? We know how Simeon prophesied that a sword will pierce your own heart. I don't know if Mary understood what that meant, but we certainly know how she suffered at the foot of the cross and throughout Jesus' ministry. Did Mary know these things now? Did she have some inkling of what they would be? It seems likely that she had some idea, at least of some of the initial cost. But regardless, her response is the same. 
Let it be to me according to your word. By faith, she confesses herself ready and willing to accept whatever may come for the sake of that promise in order to fill her life with that grace of God. She became obedient to the promise. In the same way, our hearts respond to the gift of God, letting go of all else and plunging our hands and our arms into God's grace to fill our lives in obedience to God's promise so that we too, like Mary, might be blessed, full of God's grace. Such is God's promise to us today and always. In such way it was given and in such way it is received. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.